Ecclesia is a new church trying to live out the way of Jesus in Princeton, New Jersey. We pray this teaching invites you to love Jesus and people more deeply and to embrace the full life that Jesus offers each one of us. Grace and peace to you. Well, good morning, Ecclesia. Last week we did part one of the last of these reflections on blessings. We talked about how we bless the world First and foremost, by stewarding our relationship with God in prayer on behalf of the world, how we are invited to a battle, that that battle is fought on our knees. And this week, as we wrap up this series on blessing, I want to look again at how we bless people with our presence. Now, last week we talked about the Battle of Dunkirk. And I I want to start this week again with this incredible story. Uh, In Christopher Nolan's stirring movie, the reason that most of us know this story, he weaves the tale showing the different facets of the way that the battle was won. There were pilots providing air cover for the troops on the ground, leaders making gut-wrenching and difficult decisions about how to best move all of these soldiers off the beaches, the soldiers themselves trying to stay alive, trying to help one another. And incredibly, there were civilians piloting their commercial boats or their personal watercraft in order to help with this effort, tasked by Churchill to help with the evacuation. Now this, in so many ways, is a picture of the body of Jesus, and it's a picture of our moment. COVID has demanded that we shift our approach as a church, and and, and it really demands an all-hands-on-deck kind of mentality. Sure, we've always believed that the church is a priesthood of all believers, that every member of the church has a significant role to play in in leading and ministering and serving the world. But now, now we can't just say that. Now it has to be put into practice like never before in our lifetimes. And perhaps you have felt the malaise of online church. It's really an oxymoron. These two words don't go together. Uh, There's no such thing as online church. There's hosting Christian content online, but the best parts about church, it turns out, looking one another in the eye, the resonance from our collective worship and singing to God, the way a sermon does unseen work in a group of people as the word of God is proclaimed in their midst, the table receiving the bread and the wine. Things like praying and hugging and laughing and seeing children run amok in our midst. None of that can be broadcast. And so we're faced with a crisis. And I want to use crisis in the best sense of the word. A disruption of our old patterns so that we might embrace a new way forward. A top-down leadership structure is not going to suffice for the days that are to come. We're going to need people, people like yourself, people to step into their gifts and and on behalf of the church and serve and lead and imagine new ways that I'm really, really excited about. Now, throughout this series on blessing, we've been using the working definition of blessing. Blessing is the investment of words, gifts, and relationship manifesting itself in people, provision, presence, and praise. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Now, you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. 
Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? In this passage, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul lists out several gifts that manifest themselves in the church by the power of the presence of God, by the Holy Spirit working and dwelling among us. Now, I want to note a couple things. First of all, this list is not exhaustive. There are not only, these are not the only ways that the Spirit empowers us to love and serve one another. And we'll go through uh, each of them. We're not going to go through each of them individually here today. But I want to look at the assumption that these verses carry. First, there are different gifts given to the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, etc. And that no one person fulfills all of these roles. No, no one person contains all of these roles wrapped up within themselves. That includes the pastor of the church, right? They are individualized to serve the collective whole. And here's what all this means. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're watching from, you have spiritual gifts, deposits given by God himself in order to serve the larger life of the church. And not only have you received these spiritual gifts, it is actually imperative to the health of the church that you use them. Look at what Paul says earlier in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 14. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. If one member of the body, in Paul's metaphor here, is a hand, is not contributing, then the body will suffer because of it. And due to the coronavirus and its effects, we as ecclesia, as one part of the larger body of Christ, but as a collective body and a reflection of his life among us, we're going to need to put these gifts into service within the church and outside the church in new and creative ways so that the health of our, this particular body and the mission of God will continue to go forward. Now, you may be asking, okay, okay, okay great. I would love to understand how I fit into this whole thing, how I fit into the body, where are my gifts and how I can use them, but how do I even go about figuring that out? Well, I want to offer a couple of first steps towards discerning how God is inviting you to work in this area of your life. The first, as we're reflecting on being a people of blessing through our relationships, and this is so much about what we have to offer other people. The first thing is we start with love. 1 Corinthians 12 is a part of a larger section in the letter to the Corinthians as a whole that spans from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And the centerpiece of that section uh, features some of Paul's most famous words often read at weddings. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. The point Paul is making with these beautiful verses is that our first motivation, our first ambition, is not to be significant or important or to be useful. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, look, if I give away all my money to the poor, that would seem like an incredible spiritual gift. But if it's not driven by a heart that is moved by the heart of God, it means nothing. Our first motivation, as Paul illustrates, is simply to love, to pursue the more excellent way the Corinthian church was in many ways an immature church that thought they were much further along than they were, much more advanced. And that they, they thought they had moved on to what they deemed more important matters, theology and tongues and prophesying. But here, in this incredible poem penned by Paul, there are so many things that elsewhere Paul describes as a fruit of the life in the Spirit, things like patience and kindness and humility and endurance and faith. Our first call when blessing the world is to be firmly planted in the love of God so that our service to others flows out of His love for us and our love for others. So the, the first thing that we do is we commit to love. We embrace the love of God in our lives and we commit to wanting to share that love with others. And the second thing, and this is where understanding how we begin to bless the world with our spiritual gifts, knowing that we have them and knowing that we have to use them for the health of the church, this is where the rubber meets the road in many ways. This is where the work begins. Do the work of discernment. Spiritual gifts are like going to a dressing room to try on clothes. You may find yourself thinking that one thing is going to fit perfectly and it doesn't in the end. And you may be left with a pile of discards in the corner. But doing the work of discernment here is not simply about you knowing yourself really well. Remember what Paul says about the exercise of the gifts. If one of us is not exercising our gifts, the whole body will suffer. Sometimes the best place 
To begin seems the most obvious, but it is often the step that we skip over and don't take and then just kind of get left in confusion and quit because we don't know what to do next. Ask. If apprenticeship in the way of Jesus is to love God and to love others, then perhaps it follows that discernment in the way of Jesus might be to ask God and to ask others. I want to invite you, spend some time praying over the list here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. Pray over the list that's in Ephesians 4 verse 11 and in Romans 13. Ask God how you might be a blessing to those around you. As, as Frederick Buechner reminds us that our callings are found at the intersection where the world's great hunger and our great gladness meet. Second, and this is where our unique circumstances will inform some of this in our lives. Over the course of the next couple of months, we as a church, as Ecclesia, are going to have opportunities to meet for church in ways that, that are really an echo of the way the church would gather in places like the church that Paul is writing to in the first century in Corinth. Smaller scale gatherings in homes. And these gatherings will have different kinds of opening and availability for us to exercise the gifts that Paul uh, illustrates and lines out here. Our normal gatherings, these larger gatherings with a lot of people in a room, probably should have room for these, these, the exercise of these gifts, but they often don't due to the crowd size. And as a church, we want to invest ourselves in excavating the gifts that are in our midst. And so I'm talking to you, the gifts that God has deposited in your life. And so I want to encourage you, it is vital to the life of our church. And as we saw last week, to the battle that we have been invited into, it is vital that we invest ourselves in this process. I also want to make myself available to you as the pastor uh, to, to help you discern, to help you go through the journey of, of discovering how your life is called to be a blessing to those around you, a blessing to this church, and is to reflect the beauty of God's kingdom because of your unique mix of gifts, of personality, of experiences. God has made you to be a blessing to the world. And that is the most exciting thing to me when I see people begin to step into that life and into that calling. Jesus remarkably has invited us into his incredible work of renewal. As he makes all things new, he says to us, come help me out. Jesus gave his body, his hands, and his feet nailed to a cross. His blood poured out to establish his body, the church here on earth. And as a people, we witness to the incredible beauty of our God when we live out the unique design that God has placed on our lives in service and in love to those around us. Jesus said in John's gospel that the world would know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And that love is not just sentimental, not just steadfast, it is supernatural. A word from heaven spoken to earth. At Dunkirk, in the most challenging of circumstances, when it seemed as all was lost, the people banded together. Everybody playing their unique role to accomplish what Churchill called the miracle of Dunkirk. Pilots, leaders, soldiers, boat captains, 
And right now, in this moment of profound crisis and disruption, we need everyone to band together in this pivotal moment in our history to serve sacrificially out of the place that God has put them in. We need the presence of the Spirit of God operating its gifts in our midst in order to be a blessing to the world that we have been called to. The world is hungry for blessing. And it is God's great gladness and our own to fill that hunger with the best of things. Blessings, people, presence, provision, and praise. Let us be a people who receive God's blessing of grace. Receive the blessing of his mission so that we can bless the world. Let us be a people who serve one another in love. Love will remain. Over all of these things, it will stand It is the blessing that God has given to us to share with the world. Let us be a people of blessing. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm before people who have profound callings in your kingdom. God, profound callings to love and to serve. God, to minister to the poor. God, to invite people to see the beauty of your kingdom in incredible and creative ways. God, and I'm honored to be a pastor of a group of spiritual entrepreneurs, of people who want to see your kingdom come, no matter what it takes. And Lord, in this moment, where it seems like so many things have been constrained and confined, God, would you help us to rely not on our own gifts, but on the gifts of your Spirit. God, perhaps for the first time to discern where you are calling us to, to how we can be a people of blessing, how we can serve those around us in love. And God, we know that all of this, everything that we do in the world is a reflection of your incredible love for us. God, that you have drawn near to us. God, you have crossed every distance on the cross. God, you have overcome the world through your resurrection power, Jesus. And that through your love for us, God, you have invited us into your project of renewal. God, as you make all things new, you invite us to stand alongside you, to work alongside you and to know you deeply. God, make us a people of blessing. God, a people who invest our words, our gifts, our relationship, and those things would be manifest in people, in presence, in provision, and praise. Jesus, make us a people of blessing to reflect your blessing that you've spoken over the entire world. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.ecclesianj.com.